Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Philippians chapter 3. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press home, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count, count myself to have apprehended or to, to have laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are, befi- are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now we see in verse number 14 that God is always calling us up. The call of God is an upward calling. He's always calling us up higher, calling us closer, calling us to go further in him. Amen. That's what Brother Doug was talking about. That uh, he, he said it like this, you know, we're going to another level. Well, that's just another way of saying going higher. Amen. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The older King James says the high calling, the high calling, the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Doug is right. God is is wanting to take us higher. Amen. In, uh, In this move, not just in general terms, but for a particular purpose in this revival to take us further. And uh, he helps us. When we come into a service like we do sometimes and our hearts are stirred and and there's a good unity and people begin to press in like this morning and tonight, God responds to that. On the one hand, he helps us get there, but he, 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 he requires us to, to press in. But when we press in, he takes us up. And then you could say, so I want you to understand how I'm saying this, that it opens a door or, or a, a place of entry to another degree. You know, to a, to a higher calling. That's what I'm talking about, a higher place. Because we've just read that there's a higher calling, a, a, a calling upward. That's what I'm trying to say, an upward calling. I don't want you to misunderstand, though. It's not that we have to sit around and wait until God opens a door. There are people that preach that, you know, they have all these things that, you know, God is, there's a portal opened up. You know, if you, you do a certain thing, you know, it opens up, you know, like, like there's not an opening to anybody else. That's not what I'm talking about. Anybody can, get, can go up at any time. But what I'm saying is collectively as a church, when we press in, God responds to that 
and, and then he will take us as a church higher and that's not gonna, ha- that doesn't happen. There's a difference in that dynamic and then what happens in other services. It's just different and, and it doesn't exist. That, that, that uh, uh, opening, if you wanna call it that, that, that is created jointly by God and us working together, that doesn't just happen. It happens when we press in and God responds and he, he always will. That's the thing. He'll always respond. We, the, 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 the constant one's God. We're the ones that are not so constant. Amen? <clears throat> now, what I've noticed is uh, we'll, we'll come into services and we'll experience this from time to time. And God's, God's ready to take us up. But a lot of times the next service, we don't do that. You ever notice that? The next service, it's church as usual. And, and you know, it's good, but there's not that pressing in. Then we, we don't get where he wants to take us. It, it's like we step through that door, oh, this is wonderful. And the next, you know, service, we're back here. And, and what, the, what, we, what we have to learn to do is to keep moving in this. Amen. Where every time we come together, we're that hungry and we're pressing in. And, you know, I don't know exactly how to, to get us to stir one another up, but, you know, some things, some things are spiritual things take place when we do natural things. And I was sitting here and I asked Angela a few minutes ago, I said, how many people in this church do you think have a church directory? And she said, I don't know. I said, do you, do you publish the directory? I, I remember, you know, she says she puts it in the bookstore. I don't know how many, of, how many of you have a church directory. You know what you ought to do? Before tomorrow night, before Wednesday night, and before Sunday morning, call the next person on the list after your name. I call Greg and Amy. <laughs> it's good they get stirred up, you know. Last person can call me and just say, come hungry. You know, let's stir ourselves up so that we don't keep stepping back and then stepping up and then stepping back and then stepping up. Let's go on in. Let's go on in. Let's go on up and let's just keep going. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to the times where we're so called up in God's glory that time doesn't matter anymore. The natural things don't matter. That we're just so taken up in God's presence that, that, that you know, if it's, if it's noon on Sunday, if it's one o'clock, if it's two o'clock, it doesn't matter because we're caught up in the things of God. We're just in that presence and, and we lose our, it's not that I'm saying we don't, we're not aware, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying we're, we're just not that interested in natural things. They don't matter enough to get us to pull back out of the spirit. Yeah. I see that happening. What better time for that to happen than during the holiday season? When, when, when most, most Christians are on the verge of backsliding the entire holiday season, they just get so caught up in natural things, you know, and the busyness of the season. And we can still, we can, you can still do all of your stuff, but in your heart. You're just reaching out to God this whole time. And our service just is build and build. What better time than right now before the end of the year? Amen. <laughs> Woo! 
hallelujah. Glory. I tell you, he's, he's, he's wanting to take us higher. Amen. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a prize at the, end of the, at the other side of this. Amen. We're pressing for something and there's a prize there for us. I like prizes. I, I, like, I like the idea that God has a prize for me. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so it's perfectly fitting for us to come in and press in like that. It's, it's completely okay. It's completely scriptural to come into our assembling together with a heart to press in for everything God has for us. That's completely scriptural. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Yeah, they had been there 10 days where they weren't interested in natural things. Amen. They assembled there. I mean, day after day after day, prayer and supplication, just hungry for God. That's scriptural. There was a prize. Amen. I mean, God dropped a prize on them. Amen. Poured out the Holy Ghost on them. Woo, glory. God's prizes are good. Amen. They're full of glory. So that's scriptural to do that, to come to church just hungry and pressing in and it's okay and we're not concerned about, you know, what anybody thinks or what or, 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 or anything. We just want God to just have his way. Amen. The old timers used to pray that all the time. Lord, have your way. Well, amen. That's what we need to have. We need to have that heart in us that God, we want you to do what you want to do and and but knowing that he's just not going to do it unless we invite him to. Unless we, unless we ask him, unless we press him, unless we show him we're serious. Amen. On, the day of, on those 10 days leading up to Pentecost, they proved to God they were serious. Amen. If they weren't serious, they wouldn't have lasted 10 days. Amen. But day after day after day, they met together and they were serious. And when the, and when the, and when the day of Pentecost came, suddenly... Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. I mean, just suddenly, it just broke out on them. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon each of them. What a prize. What a surprise. <laughs> Glory to God. God has more suddenlies up his sleeve. All his suddenlies haven't been spent. Amen. He has more. <laughs> yeah, he has more. He has more. Even all the things that, that the Apostle Paul had seen in his life, he said, I don't consider myself to have laid hold of it all. Amen. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Then when he says, I forget those things which are behind, he's not saying I don't regard those things anymore. Because he, many times he recounted the things that, that God had done in his life, in his ministry, and those things are precious. But forgetting them from the standpoint that I'm not willing to stay here anymore. Amen. I'm not, not going to camp out on yesterday's blessing and on yesterday's uh, uh, move of God. We cannot rest on yesterday's move of God. 
I said, we cannot rest on yesterday's move of God. Amen. We have to go to for and, and reach out for what he's wanting to do today in our time, in our lives, in our church, in this place, in our nation, in this revival. We have to forget the things which are behind and reach forward. In other words, we have to turn loose of them. That'd be another way to say that. And turning loose of those things that are behind, we reach forward to those things which are ahead. Aren't you glad there's some things ahead? Amen. We haven't seen it all. We haven't seen hardly anything. Are you kidding me? Oh, there are things ahead. There are things ahead. Amen. Oh, my, 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 my. Think about, think about some of the revivals that have broke out in, in times past and how huge they were. Do you think that was the final, the big finale? No. The big finale is always at the end, folks. God always saves the best till the last. Amen. The big revival, the big move of God is, is what we're looking forward to. Our best days aren't behind us. The best times aren't behind us. The best moves of God aren't behind us. All they do to, is they serve to, to show us that there's more out there and to have an expectation beyond the normal. It wasn't normal in 1906 or 1901, wherever that, that was it, 06? Yeah, when, when the, the Azusa Street revival broke out. That wasn't normal. I mean, it was normal in God, but I mean, that, that, wasn't, what, that wasn't what was going on in church anywhere. It was something completely beyond what anybody imagined. Amen. When the charismatic revival broke out that I'm so familiar with because when I was a young man coming back into the church, you know, I was Pentecostal, like I said this morning, but when I started going back to church and really dedicated my life to the Lord, I got in that charismatic revival. And that's what I grew up in. So I consider myself more of a charismatic, you know, a, a child of that move than of the Pentecostal move, though I respect and, and learn from all that. But nobody, nobody would have predicted what happened. I mean that, that people from all of the mainline denominations that, that just, just came just short from blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that tongue stuff is of the devil and all that kind of stuff. That people in those congregations and those denominations were, were, being, were falling out in, under the power of God laying all over the floor, speaking with other tongues, laying hands on one another and God healing and working miracles. Nobody could have predicted that. That was way beyond anything that anybody imagined. Brother Hagin said that, that in one of those visions, you know, the Lord showed him that uh, he showed him that, you know, that, that he would have a part in, in this move of God. And he said he even saw himself ministering to Roman Catholics. And I mean, Pentecostals didn't even think Catholics could go to heaven. That's, that's the truth. Back in, in the 1950s and 60s, and before that, Pentecostals thought, they thought all Catholics were part of the beast system. You know, in the book of Revelation, that they were all going to hell. You know, it's like if you became a Catholic, then you got put in a, a certain slot and the lever was pulled straight to hell. When you died, you just went straight to hell because you're Catholic. Sorry, Lori, that's what we thought. <laughs> Little Catholic girl that came out, praise the Lord. But, uh, uh, and to think that Catholic priests would be praying in other tongues. 
having, having Holy Ghost meetings in their parishes. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Nobody could have thought it. Nobody could have predicted it. Well, we ought to, we ought to be thinking that way. That's what, that's what we need to be thinking. That's what we need to be preparing for, opening ourselves up for such a move of God like nothing we've ever seen. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Now, I've noticed this, that in, in revivals, they build. One builds upon the previous ones. At lunch today, uh, my son, uh, Steve and Christy, and we were all, and Greg and Amy, we were all talking about this, and Steve was asking some questions, and, and uh, you know, he asked, well, what's this third wave? What's the first wave? I said, well, the first wave was the Pentecostal revival. The second wave was the charismatic. And then the, the people called the third wave. But I'm convinced that's not the wave because it's, 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 it's too predictable. <laughs> Amen. But I, I was explaining to them that, that the Pentecostal outpouring that took place, you know, was, was just one in a series of moves. You know, God was moving in Europe to move people to come to, to, to America. And there was political reasons, but there were also religious reasons. God was stirring people up, getting them ready for something great. And so in the early days of, of the colonies, you know, uh, before our, 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 the Civil War, the, the, the American Revolution, all that even happened, you know, uh, there were people over here that were hungry for God and they were establishing these, these uh, colonies uh, and, and establishing them on, on a hunger for God. And then there was the first great awakening in America. Well, that didn't just happen. It, it, it built on what had gone on before. And, and the first great awakening, and then there was a second great awakening in the 1800s, mid-1800s. Second great American, great, great awakening in America. Tremendous move of God. Men like uh, 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 New York, they preached all over New York. Finney, people like Charles Finney, he was a product of that, of that second uh, uh, great awakening. He, he moved in that. And then following right after that, those people that were really stirred up in that second great uh, awakening, they, were, they, they moved and they were part of what became the holiness revival. And it was just more hunger for, for more of God. They just took another step up. And the holiness revival eventually gave birth to the Pentecostal Revival and Pentecostals in the in the first days of the 20th century in the early you know 1900s those people they identified with the with the second great awakening and the and the holiness revival that's where their parents and grandparents came from and, and that's what they were what I'm saying is every revival builds on the things that that go before that have gone before and uh, charismatics you know they just picked up you know where full gospel people left off or Pentecostal people left off. Because Pentecostal people had become so narrow-minded, like I said, we didn't think Catholics could be saved. We doubted half the Baptists were saved. My, my family used to talk about, well, yeah, they're Baptists, but they're a good Baptist. <laughs> Inferring that most of them weren't, you know. I mean, we had our nose so far up in the air, it was amazing we could, you know, airplanes could fly overhead. <laughs> I mean, if Pentecostals had their nose in the air, I'm telling you. And uh, we thought we were the only ones going to heaven. And, and, and God just, you know, 
the, the, the charismatic revival, just God just took the, the Pentecostal group and, and just that experience, rather, and just put it in the high gear. Amen. Oh, glory to God. It always builds. And so we need to be mindful of everything that's gone on and, and not lose anything. That's what God said. He said, don't lose what the, the, the previous generation had. Don't lose it. Build on it. Build on it. A, let, a, a better way of saying that is let God build on that. Let, let God take us in from everything we know and have experienced and use all of that as the foundation to go further in him. Amen. Amen. Like I said this morning, it seems that every generation wants to have its, make its own mark, you know, and make a name for itself. And, uh, you know, but if you read after David and, and, and uh, his son Solomon, David said, he, he, the Lord showed him, you're not going to build this temple. David wanted to build a house for God. And God said, well, you're a man of war, a man of blood. You're not going to build this house. Your son's going to build this house. Now, he told Solomon, he said, now, I have, I have completely laid out all of the plans and all of the details to the, for the temple. He said, now make sure you build it exactly on this plan. Solomon didn't say, well, you know, we're a new generation. And dad was an old, old, old fogey, you know, and, and, and we've got a better idea and that won't work as good. You know, we're, we're gonna make our own mark. He wasn't interested in making his own mark. He took the plans that his father gave him and he built that temple on the, now Solomon made his mark. Solomon's kingdom was way bigger than David's kingdom. I mean, God took Solomon to new places, far surpassed his death, but he didn't do it uh, without taking and giving honor to what God had done before. He honored what God did before, and he built, it, he built the temple according to the plan that had already been given, and God inhabited that plan and inhabited that place and took Israel to, to heights they'd never dreamed of. Hallelujah. That's the way God works. Amen. Being faithful. Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, when, when, when uh, Abraham's sons, Abraham, you know, Isaac and Jacob, you know, after their dad had, had died and, and uh, you know, they would come into to a new territory or, or went back to a territory where their father had, had lived uh, you know, it, it says that uh, they had to uncover the wells that their father had dug because the Philistines had filled them in. The Philistines had come behind. You know, every move of God, there are a bunch of Philistines want to come in and stop up all the wells. Amen. Amen. And, and uh, uh, if you're not careful, when, when there's a, another move, God wants you to go back and dig those holes out, redig those wells, uncover those wells, those places of blessing that went before. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where am I going here? I'm just, we're just going. <laughs> circling. And just said, I'm circling. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. I was, I was looking at a video yesterday, uh, last night actually, and I, I, was, I, I was looking at a video that uh, uh, Randy Greer, senior, Rand, Randall Greer, uh, had put up and I didn't find it by going through his, his website because I had looked before and not found it and I found this a different way and, but it was something that he had put up and, and it was a video of a service I won't go into all the detail because I, I don't want to 
uh, talk about that service particularly. But the opening of the video showed a, a charismatic gathering in the, in the uh, 1970s. Uh, might have been the early 80s. I think it was the 70s. And, uh, and it showed this, this packed auditorium. And all these people are worshiping God in other tongues and just singing in the spirit and worshiping God and singing and worshiping God. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a well we've got to un, unstop. Yeah, we've got to unstop the, that well. There's some things that have gone before we need to rediscover. I, when we were singing, fall on me, I turned around and I looked and everybody, almost, you know, virtually everybody I could see in the congregation was saying, fall on me. You know, we're, everybody was just singing. And, and, I, and I got real quiet and, and listened and I could hear everybody around me singing. But I noticed when we sing in the spirit, we don't do that. Everybody's real quiet. That's not what we used to do. Everybody lifted their voices. Everybody lifted their voices and sang in the spirit just as loud as if you were singing hymn number 462. <laughs> just as on purpose, just as boldly and unashamedly, just as, as, as uh, 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 uninhibitedly as you would sing in Psalm 463. You know, just lift your voice and sing. We need to get back to that. Amen. If we're going to get in the flow of the Spirit, there are some things that go along with that. And, and we've seen that in our church in the 1980s. Yeah. There were some services we had in, in, in the 1980s in the, in the old building over there. We would sing in the Spirit and angels would join in. You remember that? People in the congregation, not just one, but several. I heard, I could hear angels singing with us. It wasn't us. There was a sound that was above us, that was above our, our voices of something up here, and it was a choir singing along with us. There's some, there's some things we need to unstop. Amen. Some flows of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, do this this week. You know, sing in the Spirit more. Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit and I will sing with the Spirit. So this is something that, that uh, Paul did. He said, I will. He didn't say you. He said, what is it then? I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. So this is something that Paul did. He prayed with the Spirit. He prayed with his understanding, but he sang with the Spirit and sang with the understanding. So I want you to stir yourself up in that and get in the habit of of, of you know, spending time in worship, lifting your voice and singing in other tongues. Singing in the spirit is, is, a, is an appropriate and scriptural expression of worship. Because Paul said, I will sing with the spirit. So that means we should. He was saying that to, to, to tell the church at Corinth, this is what you should be doing. Well, that's, well then if it's scriptural, we need to do it. And it shouldn't be so foreign to us and so inhibiting that when we do it, we're all shy and weird about it, you know, and don't want to lift our voice, don't want anybody to hear us. You know, in, in, in those days, in the charismatic days, I remember that. Nobody cared about anything. Nobody was interested in what anybody thought. We weren't listening to one another anyway. We were just caught up in worshiping God. Amen. Praise God. Well, the reason that happens in a congregation 
and in an assembly is because people do that in private. I said the reason it happens in an assembly is because people do it in private. And if you don't do it in private, you're not comfortable doing it in the assembly. And so if you're not comfortable doing it in the assembly, that tells me you hadn't been doing it in private. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Isn't this comfortable? <laughs> Amen. God wants to take us on. And, and, and I'm tired. I'm not saying God's tired because God's very patient. I don't know what tires him out. I don't want to find out. <laughs> but I know this. I get tired of stepping through that door and then allowing the things of the week pull me back out. By the time I come to church, I can't even see that door spiritually. I'm just struggling, you know, just to fight. And Steve's trying to prime that pump. And, and come on. Are you out there? We need, to, we need to come in here hungry and, and pick up, like he said tonight, pick up where we left off the previous service and go on higher. <clears throat> Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.